Welcome to Preston Minster. Find your home, find your purpose, transform your city. Let's jump into this week's talk. Well, good morning, everyone. It's so good to be uh, here today. What an amazing morning we've had so far. Hasn't it been brilliant? So inspired by uh, all these guys who are getting baptized today and by Phoenix's story. Um, it's so good. And, um, and also that moment, I felt so poignant when you handed the Bible over to, uh, to each of the candidates. And, um, and the Bible's really, really important to us uh, here at the Minster. So we're going we're gonna to open the pages of the Bible now. Uh, and we're going to look at a story uh, in the Gospels, which are like the diaries of Jesus, if you like, uh, in Luke chapter 7. But before we do that, let's pray together. Our Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for uh, today. We thank you for the depths of your love for every single one of us. And as we open up the pages of your word that you have spoken to us, would you speak into our hearts in Jesus' name? Amen. You know, one of the most powerful questions that you can ask in your life is, what if? And I don't mean uh, looking back and ruminating on the things that have happened, but asking the question, what if, about the future? Because it's a question that can open up so many possibilities and so much potential for a future that we may not even be able to imagine at the moment. Now, kids know this question so well in the place of their imagination, and they ask it all the time. Um, not long ago, I asked my little boy, who is four years old, yeah, he's one of those, and uh, I asked him uh, a little while ago, I said, I said, what if you could have any superpowers? Whoa. He said, Daddy, I want to be Batman. And so I said, no, 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 you, you don't quite understand, Joel, you don't quite understand. What if you could have some superpowers? And he said, Daddy, I want to be Batman. And so, uh, so off he runs and he starts pretending to be Batman. And I had to go over to him and explain to him, said, Joel, put his arm, my arm around and I said, Joel, Batman, yeah, he's great, he's cool, but he hasn't got any superpowers. He's just got kind of cool gadgets and stuff. Anyway, we got into a bit of an argument about this. I don't know if you've ever got into an argument with a four-year-old boy before, and uh, if you haven't, I'll tell you what happens. You loops. Anyway, kids have amazing imaginations. My daughter, she's got so much creativity, and she's constantly asking this question, what if? And she comes up with all these inventions and innovations and ideas, and, and usually they end up written down or drawn on a piece of paper, occasionally drawn on bits of paper which are on the wall, which are called wallpaper, which is, which is quite annoying. But um, she's so creative, and she asks all the time this question, what if? It's the beginning of so much, so many new futures. What if I started my own business? What if I studied that course which I've want, been wanting to do for years? What if? And that question leaves the door open to possibilities of a new reality. And today I want to ask one of the biggest what if questions that you could ever ask. What if there is more? 
What if there is more to life than my current experience? What if there is more to life than the things that I can see and taste and touch? Now, last week, I saw something a a little bit weird um, and unexpected. I saw a coot on the motorway. Now, do you know what a coot is? A coot is uh, it's basically like a duck, but mildly more exciting. Not a lot more exciting, just a little bit more exciting than a duck. It's the bird that when you go down to feed uh, the ducks at the duck pond and you throw out the bread and all the ducks come over and you go, oh, there's a duck, there's a duck, there's a good duck. Oh, a coot, there's a duck. It's that bird. It's the one with the black feathers and the little white tuft. Okay, we're on the same page. Now, um, as you've probably gathered, I'm not really an expert on, on coots, but I know that coots shouldn't be on the motorway, which is where I saw this coot. Scooching around on the hard shoulder of the M58, pecking at stones. With a complete disregard to the highway code. And along comes this lorry, and... I'm only kidding you. I'm not going to tell you a story like that today when we've got baptisms and stuff. There was no lorry, but there was a coot. And this coot, he was pecking at these stones on the hard shoulder. Now, I do know one thing. A coot should not be on the M58 pecking stones. A coot should be in a duck pond enjoying all the bread which all the, the kids are chucking in for the ducks. A coot should be there kind of nesting away, having a great time. And there he was, scooching around on the hard shoulder. It was an inferior experience for that bird but I wonder it's a stupid story but I wonder whether there is more to life than our present reality what if there is more to life than scooching around on the M58 and pecking stones I wonder if that we identify that with our present reality what if there is more What if there is more to your current experience? What if there is more to comparing comparing yourselves to others? What if there is more than the messiness of broken relationships which hurt so bad? What if the person, Jesus Christ, who these guys who were up here today profess to as Lord of their lives, what if he is real and he is alive and he is active in the world today? And today we're going to uh, walk through the story of a man who dared to ask this question. And we'll find his story in the Gospels. And um, this man discovered something magnificent about Jesus Christ. Now this man was a a soldier. And we're going to read his story in a minute. We don't know his name, but what we do know is that he was a centurion. And uh, that meant that he was in charge of a whole load of other soldiers. And it's really interesting because in the New Testament, in the, uh, which was written 2,000 years ago, centurions were seen as people as, of high regard. People kind of really looked up to them, which was really interesting because actually they were seen as Gentiles. In other words, in a Jewish world that Jesus lived in, they were seen as the enemy. But yet centurions were still seen as kind of models and held up on a pedestal in their local communities. And as we'll see in this story in a moment, this centurion, he even built a synagogue, which is a place of worship for the local Jewish community. 
So he's a man of high integrity. He's a man of high character. And so we're going to uh, read through his story this morning in Matthew 7. And the words are going to appear up on the screen behind me. So we're going to start by reading verses 1 to 3. It said, When Jesus had finished saying all this to the people who were listening, he entered Capernaum, and there a centurion's servant, whom his master valued highly, was ill and about to die. The centurion heard of Jesus and sent some elders of the Jews to him, asking him to come and heal his servant. So picture this, this centurion, he's got this servant who he uh, cares for deeply. The servant is gravely ill, and it is in this place of desperation that he begins to ask the question, what if? What if this Jesus Christ could do something for my servant and heal him? And you see, it's really interesting. In the passage, it says that he's heard of Jesus. And that means he hasn't actually met him. He's just heard something. He's had a glimpse of him. Perhaps he's heard one of the stories of uh, healings and miracles which Jesus had been going around doing. Perhaps he had even heard a first-hand account from someone who Jesus had healed. I mean, Jesus' healing ministry was prolific, but either way, he asks, what if of Jesus? What if you could heal my servant? And so he sends some of his friends to Jesus. And we pick the story up again in verse 4. And it says, when they came to Jesus, they pleaded earnestly with him. This man deserves to have you do this because he loves our nation and has built our synagogue. So Jesus went with them. He was not far from the house when the centurion sent friends to say to him, Lord, don't trouble yourself, for I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. That is why I did not even consider myself worthy to come to you, but say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one go and he goes. I tell this one come and he comes. And I say to my servant, do this. And he does it. So the centurion, who is this man of authority, he spots something in Jesus. He spots that Jesus is also a man of authority. Sounds like he knows that Jesus even has authority over disease. And this is the thing. He sees something in Jesus and he acts on it. You know, I used to be, uh, years ago, I used to be a research scientist. And there was a story which was going around our department about a colleague of ours who was actually in a different department and uh, uh, he worked under a, a boss who was like an eminent scientist. But this guy, this boss was ruthless. And he was known for like uh, taking members of his team and dressing them down in front of everyone else if they made a mistake. And one time, uh, this colleague had done an experiment and him and his boss were expecting to get a particular answer. Two add two equals four, right? We know that's what happens. Thing is, he did the experiment and he got two add two equals five. His boss wasn't happy. And so uh, the boss uh, was cross, and he told him to go and repeat the experiment again. And he did. And he repeated it numerous times, and he kept on getting the same result. 
And his boss went absolutely ballistic at him, and he told him to go and repeat the experiment until he got, in inverted commas, the correct answer. Now, you may know a bit about science, you may not, but you probably know that's not a very good way to do science. Science is led by the facts which here are in front of you. And so what this guy did was he decided he was going to prove his boss wrong. And on the weekends, he went in on his own time and he conducted his own experiments and he wanted to see where this new result was going to take him. And in the end, this result propelled him in towards, towards an incredible career that he had. He dis- what he discovered ended up changing his life. And here's the thing that he did. My colleague, he saw something unexpected, but yet he acted upon it. And he acted upon it even when others thought that he was wrong. And today, perhaps you have glimpsed something of God, like the centurion did. Maybe you've had an answer to prayer. You may even have just written that off as a coincidence. Or maybe you've heard a story about Jesus and you're just intrigued by this man. Or maybe there's one of your friends, maybe you're here today seeing them being baptized and you've seen some of the changes that have happened in their lives since they've started following Jesus. Maybe you just glimpse a little something of him. You might not be entirely sure, but I want to ask you today, will you dare to act on it? Will you dare to ask the question, is there more than this? You see, the centurion does that, and this is what happens at the end of the story, and we're in verse 9. It says, when Jesus heard this, he was amazed at, the, at him, which is the centurion. And turning to the crowd, following him, he said, I tell you, I have not found such great faith even in Israel. Then the men who had been sent returned to the house and found the servant well. The servant is healed. What if became a reality? And in the words of our own vicar here, Sam, that's a cool story. But so is Harry Potter. How do we know that this is true? Is it true? Well, I want to suggest to you today that what if is a question that you need to begin to ask yourself. Because I believe that that story about the centurion servant is true. In fact, I believe that Jesus Christ is still alive, that he is active and that he is working in our world today. And if that is true, wouldn't you just want to ask that question? And I just want to tell you one more story. And this is a personal story of someone I met. It's a lady called Sarah. And the question, what if, was really, really pressing for her. Because Sarah had esophageal cancer, which is a deeply concerning condition. And she was asking, what if I die? Sarah was a fully qualified doctor. In fact, not only was she a fully qualified doctor, she was also the CEO of a local health trust. She was also an ordained Church of England priest. So just like the centurion, she is a woman of high standing, of high character, someone of high intelligence. 
And she begins to ask this question, what if? And as a medic, she had seen the scans of her tumor. She knew what it meant, and she knew that the prognosis wasn't good. And a church came around her, and they started to pray for her, just simple, simple prayers in their day-to-day life that God would do something. You know, I met her six months after she'd been healed. And she wasn't healed by an operation. In fact, when the surgeons went to look at the scans before her operation, they found that there wasn't anything there. There was just a little bit of scar tissue where the tumor had been. Now, when she told me this story, I didn't really know how to take it. Because not long before, just a few months, in fact, my dad's best friend had died of esophageal cancer. He was a Christian man, an amazing man, a man of deep faith. People were praying for him, but he didn't get healed. And so when I heard her story, it hit me quite hard. But yet I believed her. I trusted that what she was saying was true. And I was convinced of it. And I remember she finished telling the story with something which has always stuck with me, which is this. She said, I don't know why God healed me and doesn't heal some other people. But what I do know is that I don't have to be afraid anymore. Because if I live, I get to be with Jesus. If I die, I get to be with Jesus. And friends, her story just broke me. And I don't know what you think about that story. I don't know what you think of the story of the centurion and his servant. But friends, I want to dare you to ask the question this morning, what if there is more? What if this story about Sarah is true? What if the story about the centurion and his servant is true? What if the testimony of these guys who were stood here today and got baptized, this testimony that Phoenix gave to us today is true? What if Jesus is alive and active in our world today? What if there is more? Should we stand together? I just want to give you two options now, the first um, is, you, you saw the video about the Alpha course before, and if you've had a glimpse of Jesus, just that glimpse, I just want to, you to think through, would I dare to invest just one night of my time next Wednesday evening to come and ask some of the big questions, to come along to Alpha and If you don't like it, you don't come back the next week. If you do, you do. It's it's as simple as that. Would you dare to act on the glimpse that you maybe have had of God? And then the second thing is, you might be here today and you just need some God to do something in your life. I'm just going to get you to pray, just in your own heart if you want to. I'm going to leave some space in a few moments' time for you to do that. And prayer, prayer is a tough one, isn't it? Because we hear stories like the story of Sarah, which is amazing. And we hear stories like the story of my dad's best friend, and we never know how God is going to answer something. 
But yet the great privilege is that we can do that. And today I want to encourage you to come before God. I'm going to give you the opportunity. If you could ask God to do one thing for you, a miracle in your life, what would it be? Thanks for listening. Follow us on social media. See you next week. Thank you.